0: It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All
1: right, we are back. Last segment of the week. Got a lot to do. We'll do best of the best. We got a final word. Boomer's got a pressure index. Before we do anything else, you know, Boomer, you hit on Atlanta a little bit earlier, and I wanted to just do two true or falses here before we get in the mix. True or false, Desmond Ritter is good enough. get Atlanta to the playoffs
0: I believe true and I believe that is uh his locker room really likes the kid and I like the way that Arthur Smith is handling him he's only had 50 attempts in the first two games and madness Bijan Robinson takes a lot of pressure off of everybody so they they have some great skill players around him they're a very young and fast team and their schedule leads me to believe that they can make it to the playoffs
1: True or false, this is this is a tough one, but true or false, Deshaun Watson is the worst contract in NFL history.
0: At the moment, it is. It is, without question. <laughs> oh, and boy. remember, they actually bribed him to come to Cleveland. As I said earlier, when he was leaving Houston and they were talking about trading and they asked him where he wanted to go because, you remember, he had a no-trade clause.
1: Sure, he wanted Miami or Carolina, wasn't it?
0: No, 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 no. He wanted New Orleans or Atlanta.
1: And, oh, okay.
0: And then out of the blue, uh, Cleveland calls up they make a deal with Houston and they say, look, here are all the assets we're willing to give you. So Houston as a team said, Fine, but you're gonna to have to talk to Deshaun because Deshaun has a no-trade clause, and we have to, you know, obviously honor that. And when Houston said, I mean when Cleveland said, We're gonna rip up your contract and give you a five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar all guaranteed contract, which is still the most guaranteed money in the history of the league. Um, that's that's basically when he said, Okay, I'll go to Cleveland. And it's uh Typical Cleveland situation right now, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it's going to get never, much better either.
1: No, and, I, and look, I fully admit it. I, I, there's no shame. I, I never imagined he would come back and look like this. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm watching. It's, it's truly stunning to me. Um, all right, let's get to the best of the best, which is a hell of a good Monday night game. This week's best of the best. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Playing four and a half as they travel to Tampa to take on, I think it's a surprising 2-0 Buccaneers team. And I know a guy you like and a guy I like, Baker Mayfield. Boomer, take me through. Where are we at with this game?
0: Well, think about this. you got three NFC South teams that are sitting at 2-0. And all are sitting at 2-0 because of their schedules. And and, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Bucs are 2-0. I think that the resurgence of Baker Mayfield is a lot of fun. I love it. I love what's going on with him. I love the fact that he was able to go to LA last year and show up and win a football game in a comeback fashion for the Rams. Um, And I think, in general, NFL fans like Baker. I think that they believe that he's like one of them. He's like a Brett Favre esque type player, a little bit of a wild child. And. Um, and he's great. He's a great personality, and he's terrific for the NFL. So I'm I'm really happy for him. And he's found, uh, you know, I I think a a security blanket. And his name's Mike Evans. He loves throwing it to Mike Evans. And by the way, this Buccaneer defense is still very good. Still a lot of good players on it. And maybe you know Todd Bowles, without the um, with the shiny toy that was Tom Brady, you know now can coach this team and and leave it all to to Baker. So. Todd Bowles told one of the guys on the NFL Today research staff, and this is one of the funniest things I've heard about Baker Mayfield. He said, uh, If I asked Baker Mayfield to stick his face in a fan, he would do that for me. <laughs> 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 so Baker's living his best life right now down in Tampa.
1: Yeah, I, I think what's interesting, and, and again, it's not a, a shot. I think Philadelphia clearly is still either one or 1A in the NFC. You can almost feel the loss of both coordinators. Um, and it's going to take a little bit. They just don't feel like they're operating for all systems go. I mean, offensively, I don't know, the passing game's a little bit wonky right now. Defensively, they're starting a lot of young players, and and some of them are very good, by the way. I think this is a super interesting spot for Tampa, and when you look at it, Boomer, you got a lot of injuries with Philly in the secondary. Um, that's exactly what the Bucks want to attack, with Godwin and with Evans and I, am I nuts to take the Bucks here with the four and a half?
0: No, I could see the I could see the Eagles winning the game, but I could see them you know winning by a field goal, a late field goal. I could also see a backdoor cover by the Bucks, to be honest with you, if they're behind yeah. and then maybe getting a late touchdown and an onside kick and losing it that way. But um, you know, my thing about the Eagles is that they haven't played their best and they're still two and zero. No. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is, you know, all that comfortable right now. And if you remember back when we started the show in week one, I told you the loss of those coordinators. One became the head coach of the Cardinals. The other one became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, that it was going to be a transition year for that coaching staff and for those players, especially the new younger players that they have on defense. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that. And by the way, Shane Steichen has done a really good job with Anthony Richardson the first two uh, weeks, and now he's got Gardner Minshew, and he can call different plays, and he's not going to call as many running plays, of course. But I think Shane Steichen is the missing piece uh, for Jalen Hurts. And hopefully, Nick Sirianni can get more out of Jalen here the next few weeks. And I think this would be a good spot to get that going, especially on Monday night.
1: And you're like, how long does it take in your mind? I mean, is it, you know, generally speaking, does it take six, eight weeks? <sighs> new coordinators enough reps, enough snaps, enough live fire for this thing to maybe recalibrate fully? The only, thing that... I would,
0: the only thing I would say that would mitigate a little bit of that transition period is that the head coach is an offensive coach. Nick Sirianni, right. it's his offense. He knows what's going on. So he should be able to call the plays and help out um, Jalen Hurts a little bit more and get him back to where he was last year. The other thing, too, remember, A.J. Brown was not happy last week. And usually when a guy is not happy – Early on in this game, they're going to try to get the ball to A.J. Brown and get him into the game. So they still have one of probably the top five wide receiver duos in the NFL along with their tight end. So I would think that we're going to see a lot more RPOs and we're going to see a lot more movement uh, from Jalen Hurts to have him do things that he's comfortable with. And, you know, and I think they're going to get A.J. Brown uh, involved early and often in this game because usually it's the squeaky wheel theory in the NFL. When somebody's not happy, you get them involved, and then they calm down.
1: All right, I'm going to take the Bucks get in the four and a half. You're on the same side here? I am, yep. Okay, let's get to Boomer's final word. We got a pressure index because week three, yeah, there are a lot of people who've got some pressure on their plate. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos
0: Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows Home Improvement. The final word. All righty, Mike, tell me if you agree with me. I got four pressure points right now going into week three of the NFL already. The Chargers and Brandon Staley and their defense on the road at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, One of these teams is going to be 0-3. I wonder if the Vikings end up losing this game. Are they considering trading uh, Kirk Cousins if, in fact, that is in their offing? And number two, if the Chargers go 0-3 here, what happens to Brandon Staley and how hot is his seat? All
1: right. I think it's an 11 out of 10. Now, you know when we were finishing the show last year, I told you, he should have been fired. Uh, Playing Mike Williams in a meaningless football game, getting him hurt, compromising yourself in a playoff game to me that was malfeasance then they blow the lead against Jacksonville and I don't know if he not the team I don't know if he's ever gotten over it Boomer to me they lose this game he'd be gone because Herbert's playing perfect football and his defense his side of the ball is ruining everything the Cousins thing is fascinating what would the landing spot be the Jets Oh, man, would that be good? Yeah, Extreme. I don't know. You know. I mean,
0: that's just that's one theory out there. There's a million like theories it. what the Jets are going to do with their quarterback position if things go haywire or if Zach gets hurt. So, I mean, that this is a pressure point really for the Chargers, but it's also yeah, interesting Staley's an in eleven for 10. the Vikings. Right, exactly. All right, my for next, me, at least. My next pressure point is going to be Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. They're at home. They're one and one. Zach is now taking over. This is going to be his third start of the year, and they're going against the Patriots a team which he has not beaten, a team which he looked really ugly against last year. And this was the, the 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 team that he basically got put in timeout and sat on the rest of the bench for the rest of the year, even with a guy who had five broken ribs, for God's sake. So the pressure is ramped up on Zach Wilson. I mean, the guys on Amazon on Thursday night tore him a new one. Everyone in New York is on this kid. Um, and if he goes out there and turns the ball over a couple times and they end up losing a low-scoring game because of that, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like Monday morning here in New York.
1: But, Boomer, let me ask you a question, though, because when you talk about pressure, is it pressure like when 75, 80, 90% of people have given up on you? You know what I mean? Like, what is the vibe in New York? Who the hell is calling you and Gio in the morning and going, let me tell you something, guys? This is a real prove it game for Zach. I mean, people people were buying Mike White t shirts last year. So True. I,
0: what's left? Who the hell expects anything? Well, nobody really expects anything, but, you know, they still have a top defense, even though that defense got ran through by uh, the Cowboys last week. And they got to win the game like they won the game against Buffalo. They have to get turnovers, and they have to win special teams, of course, and Zach can't turn the ball over. So that's a huge pressure spot. My next one is going to be Justin Fields and the Bears. You and I were talking about Justin Fields and what's going on there. Uh, it's not a, a place for success right now. It looks like things are coming apart for a lot of different reasons, whether it be their defense coordinator getting raided and resigning by the FBI or Justin Fields questioning whether or not he's being coached properly.
1: I agree totally. I Listen, what's stunning to me is not that all of a sudden Justin Fields is not surgical in the pocket. That's not surprising. I think we expected improvement. What is shocking is a stat line of three carries for four yards. Remember, the last eight, nine games of the season last year, he was carrying this team. And I mean literally. The playmaking's gone. You know, Boomer, you've highlighted it. I've talked about it. Guys, if you look at any video, and a lot of these video studies are done and packaged really nice for fans, Justin Fields is dropping back, and there are... 15 yard you know dig routes middle of the field seam routes middle of the field guys are wide open in his field division he's not cutting it loose he's not seeing it he's not processing it um yeah it's it's a 10 out of 10 i mean boomer i would love to tell you he could get a change of scenery and be okay but the bottom is falling out of this now now you got dj moore complaining i don't know if you saw that it's like yeah i 10 out of 10.
0: It definitely a 10 out of 10, and he's going on the road to Kansas City, who did get Chris Jones back, and they looked a lot better against the Jacksonville Jaguars with him in the lineup, obviously. And finally, uh, my final pressure point for this coming Sunday is going to be Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, the offense coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, on the road at the Raiders. Now, Kenny Pickett had a great preseason. I thought he was ready to take the next step and the next level. Now he's played against two tough defenses, both the Browns and, of course, the 49ers. Two top, along with the Cowboys, three top defenses in football. And I I can understand his struggle. Now, this defense is not that great for the the Raiders. They got ripped uh, apart by the Bills last week. I mean, if they can't get it done this week and put up some significant points and get their mojo back, as Mike Tomlin has said this week, Um, there's somebody is somebody's going to lose a job it's not going to be Kenny Pickett it's most likely going to be Matt Canada the offense coordinator Um, so I would say this is a another really integral week for a offense that just hasn't looked very good the first two weeks of the season
1: yeah and this is something and I think Boomer you'd speak to it too look I it's, it's fun to blame quarterbacks at every turn they're the face of the franchise they make the money but the reality is you have to insulate your guys. Very few players are ever going to rise above a horrible situation. Kenny Pickett's in a tough spot because, A, that offensive line has been bad and is bad now. B, it's this is a me thing, not a boomer thing. I would never draft a running back in the first round. The Najee Harris pick is a total waste because, A, the line stinks, and, B, you're not going to re-sign the guy even if he was good. And when you look at it, now you got a coordinator issue where clearly they're not playing to his strengths. So, yes – I think Kenny Pickett's under a lot of heat. Canada, I think if, if, if they look terrible, he's out. And with that, we're going to be out. Boomer, enjoy your evening. Uh, rooting for you. Hopefully they win while you're there. We will talk to everybody next week. Boomer's going to have a smile on his face, and he's going to wear the blazer. It's going to be exciting. That's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We will talk to you for week four.
0: It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.